Hello, everybody, and welcome to Hairlow Chicago. I am Maggie Hendricks. Uh, what do I say? I'm Amanda Shuby. We haven't done this in a while. We it's, apologize. It's been a minute, Hairlow listeners. But we're back, and we're hoping to be more on a regular basis. We'll make a schedule. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. we will. Yeah, yeah, we just have had a lot of life going on, and so that means we've been a little bit absent, and... You know, you still love us, right, Hairlow listeners? It's the summer. There's not a lot going on. Um, I've been busy. Uh, I put up a billboard. I don't know if you saw on the West Loop with my bare hands. It was pretty good. It was pretty yeah. good. So did, yeah, you, so I've been busy with did you hammer and nail it yourself? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I bought a construction belt, um, some really cute construction boots. Obviously. I know how much I like boots, so I had to get some boots. Mm. Um, I'm a little afraid of heights at times, so that was a little treacherous. Um, for those people aren't who don't know what I'm talking about, there's a fire Garpax billboard up in the West Loop, and no, I actually did not put it up, but in my head I did because I would like them to do both those things. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm okay with that. Hey, another thing that Amanda and I realized yesterday: Garpax, Pace Fox, not that different. <laughs> not that different. No, lots of um, empty, hollow talking words, um, not a lot of follow through, and both Garb Hacks and Pace Fox have an X, X marks the spot. Yeah, and they both really like their teams. Yeah, their voices are a little different. Yeah. Pax Fox is a little bit more garbledied. Yeah. Uh, so, Aren't you glad we're back? <laughs> you missed us. You missed us. So uh, one of the things while we were we did while we were gone is we went on the Pro Football Weekly podcast, uh, Bears Insider podcast. Kevin Fishbane was so kind to invite mm-hmm. us, uh, and it was kind of it was pretty fun, I must say. And uh, as from what I hear, we did a really good job. Um, and we got a lot of listeners more than uh, my score compatriot, Chris Emma. So suck it, Chris and, Emma. Well, and yes, and they said after Jay Cutler, we were like their next get who they wanted on the podcast, mm-hmm. which um, is very confusing, <laughs> but very appreciative we are. Yeah. And it was very nice. And on that podcast, which we recorded, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. A week ago? I can't remember. I don't know. But we had talked about when the Bears report to training camp, which they did this week. And I said that I would pay $50 to anyone who provided me photographic evidence of Mitch Trubisky actually driving, I think it's a Camry, his old dilapidated Camry, into training camp. Because I have a theory that that thing doesn't actually run and they just use it. It's like a cutesy story. They actually bring it in on a flatbed and he drives like a nice, safe new car. Um, and I saw no photographic evidence this week of him driving that car. So I win. Nobody wanted the $50. Cause he's not driving that car. He's not driving that car. Mm-hmm. No. So I'm on to you, Mitch Trubisky, if you're listening. And you know what? If you you are a value, you were the f- first round pick of an organization. You are too valuable to be, you know, fixing a broken down car on I fifty seven. Yes. Like, get like you don't have to get like a Bentley, but you can get a nice, reliable Honda, man. Speaking of 
fancy car, I've been told that a McLaren is quite the expensive automobile. It has the doors that flip up. Yeah. Um, Pat O'Donnell, the punter, pulled up in that with Connor Barth, the kicker. It might be reversed. I don't know who's who. No, I think it was Pat O'Donnell. Yeah. Oh, look at me. Yeah. Um, So who knew that punters pulled in that amount of money? I I certainly did not. But, you know, sometimes you just need a good punter. Do you think it's like there's this thing called rent the I can't speak today. Rent the runway. Oh, yeah. When you want to be fancy. Do you think there's like rent the car way? I I mean, yeah, you totally can. So... So maybe I mean, they just did that. Because we did rent the runway to be super fancy for the super fancy wedding we went to. Mm-hmm. So Maybe they just want to be fancy and pull up at training camp. Because, you know, that photo will be everywhere. They'll be like, yeah. wow, you drive a McLaren. I don't know uh, what that is, but it sounds nice. All the ladies will be will recognize that he, you know, look at this fancy car I drive. Yeah. Other than that, though, the reporting photos, which are long been a favorite of mine because um, of the giant TVs. And there's one photo of Roberto Garza carrying like 80 rolls of toilet paper. Yeah. They don't really do those anymore because I think they know those photos get out and are not embarrassing, but like kind of embarrassing. So really this year, the highlight was Mike Glennon carrying two pillows. Yeah. And it looked like he had just picked up the pillows at Target. Yeah, it still had the plastic on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was kind of boring. It's a little disappointing, but they're at training camp now. Yay! Yay! So now we get picture. Now we get pictures of every um, training camp session, and and they're all basically the exact same shitty cell phone picture that we see from every reporter so from far so away. Too. So it's like grainy because yeah. they won't let them get close anymore. Oh, because bears. Yeah. And I know this is going to surprise you. I hope you're sitting down. Are you sitting down? I am sitting down. Are you wearing comfortable pants? Always. Okay, good. The bears, on their first day of training camp, someone got dehydrated. I find this so shocking. <laughs> that really should be a line in Vegas. I, I like, like how, how quickly. Wins. Yes, because it's always day one. Every year. I think last year it was Leonard Floyd. The year before that, I'm sure it was someone else. I mean, literally, it's like, oh, they didn't know it was going to be hot. <laughs> so here's the thing that like kind of confuses me so one of the other things I did while we were not doing hair low was I did the ride for AIDS it was like a century bike ride it was fantastic whatever um but what they like pound into our head how much you need to drink water when you're being active all this thing and I am not a professional athlete I am about the exact opposite of a professional athlete. So I don't really understand how, like, how professional athletes don't get the message on how to stay hydrated, A. B, it wasn't that hot today. It was humid, but it was, like, what, in the 70s all day? Yeah, it's actually kind of nice. It was surprising. Um, I was having a good hair day because the weather wasn't shitty, so hey. (laughs) Um... But seriously, like, there's, it wasn't that hot, it wasn't that humid, what the hell is wrong with these players that they're not, that they're not pre-hydrating, first of all, drinking a lot of water all week, right up until your practice, but then also, like, just drink some damn water. Well, there are literally people on the staff whose job it is to hand you water. So, yeah, like, even if you didn't pre-hydrate, you can hydrate on the field, I mean, they can literally just, like, throw water at your face as you're running your wind sprints. Seriously. But it's just, 
I don't I don't know why it's funny to me, but it's funny to me every year. Like, oh, just, so he had to sit out the rest of practice. He got dehydrated. Like, you guys, this is so juvenile. It is. It's just like one more mark that kind of shows that they're a second-rate organization. Because mm-hmm. I doubt there were any Patriots getting dehydrated today. I doubt there were any Packers getting dehydrated. Because no, they were also ate a lot of cheese. Well, that's a that's a Wisconsin joke. That is, and um, I was in Wisconsin this weekend, and I also ate a lot of cheese. <laughs> and um, beer. one one weirdish thing, not weird, but like I don't know, if we knew this about him. So there was a photo of Mike Glennon stretching um, his arm, which is also a photo of Mike Glennon waving hello to me, which is also nice. Hey, girl. Oh, good. We have a new waving hat because we had the one. We do. We do. And there's also one of him looking at Mark Sanchez waving, but not waving, you know, saying like, hi, number two. Um, But on one of his arms, and I don't know if it's his throwing arm because I don't know which arm he throws with. And also pictures are confusing because they're backwards. Science. He um, did cupping where they, you know, like heat the cups on your body and then it like sucks it up and it leaves yeah. big circles he has that all up and down one of his arms i really um i really it's really gross because sometimes you'll see pictures of people like actually when it's cupping so you see their skin all it's, step into it it's so gross it's the grossest thing and there is limited evidence to say that it does anything it really like that's the thing it really doesn't do anything well, it makes it like basically breaks up knots but you can do the same thing in a massage so. right but it's weird because i remember during the olympics like a lot of the swimmers had it done but it was almost like always on their back which obviously like comes in contact with the water but it's not like the thing that's being used to power you yeah it is it seems like a weird thing to do on your arm no so the so the reason they got it on their back and the reason why glennon did it on his arm actually your back for swimmers is the main thing that powers you like your your core is it's all your core um so it's like your back your abs your chest and so um their backs are what would get super tight Oh, that's so, true. So I think it's the same thing with Glennon, okay. especially since it was like the underneath of his arm. Yeah, I just know. wonder like what's the, not like recovery time, but you know, you don't, like that has, like, it sucks your arm up. I cup. think, I think the plant, the thing about it is oh. that it, it helped that, the thought is it is actually something that helps with your recovery. I don't know, it was weird. I've never seen it on a football player. Me neither. I've seen it on a lot of athletes, but not. Yeah. But usually not like the big four athletes, you know? Right. They usually have their own weird things like float float tanks and things yes. like that. Yes, and the uh, hyperbaric chamber. Right, right. But yeah, so my theory is that Mike Glennon reads Goop. I would not be surprised. <laughs> if Mike Glennon doesn't read Goop, his wife totally For does. For sure. Yeah, I'd be like, you need to try this. I don't know. It's just a weird, maybe he's done it like for forever. But it's a weird thing to do, like, first day at camp, like, here's my arm. Yeah. <laughs> Look at my weird arm. And also, like, this is the first time I'm going to be the starting quarterback. And I don't know. I'm hoping we find out more. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, so far, the not not much more excitement out of Bears training camp, except for that Amanda wants to beat up Bears Twitter. <laughs> I just, I don't know why I get annoyed with them. I mean, I know why I get annoyed with them, but you would think I would just let it go after a while. But there's, 
they're not bad at Twitter. They're just so bad at Twitter. <laughs> they're really, they just like, are trying so hard. And I appreciate the effort. I do. You're trying something new. I know change is hard, kids. Um, I know it is. But like, okay, I don't watch Game of Thrones. Um, so I don't understand everything. But like the night of the Game of Thrones premiere, they, I'm going to use air quotes, made all their players because they all did it at the same time and like had like a weird stock Twitter statement about it, changed their avatars to like a banner of House of Hallis. Yeah. And again, like if it was naturally done or like, hey, you two do it at 9 a.m. and then you three do it at one, but it was like all within 20 minutes and it was all just weird. Um I don't know what it just like it just bugs me like you you guys are you just look weird and then they did a thing leading up to training camp where they had Staley the mascot like out fishing because he was camping like no no Staley it's the other kind of I don't know it just I just want them to be better (laughs) or just not embarrassing it's just it seems very forced and you know what it makes me think of back a long long time ago when I was with the public relations agency you know, they would, like, whatever brand or whatever thing we were working on, we w- they would say, like, okay, come up with ideas for us to really target the youth or target young people. Ah, uh, the youth. The youth. And, like, in my time, in that time, I was in my mid-20s, so I knew I was a little bit more ready to target the youth. But then what would happen is, like, so we'd come up with these ideas, present them to our client, and then they would get completely like dumbed down and had the fun taken out of them. Mm -hmm. But then we would have to still go with them because that's what the client wanted. And so that to me is almost like, like I almost feel like there are some people at the Bears who have like good ideas, but then the way they get executed, possibly because there are people from the NFL or upper, you know, the upper brass for the Bears are telling them, well, no, well, the way we have to do it is, and right. yeah, it, whereas like Cubs Twitter and and actually the White Sox have done a lot of a lot more fun and been a lot more fun with their Twitter, too. But like the the Cubs Twitter just feels very organic. And yes, and it feels like Cubs Twitter always knows like what the trends are on Twitter at the time. So they know how to play with it and how to have fun with it. So, yeah. And yeah, it shouldn't be serious all the time. It's sports. It's Twitter. Like it should be like lighthearted. And I feel like Cubs Twitter has a definite voice behind that. And yeah. you know that. And Bears Twitter, they try to be cutesy. And then, I mean, Twitter is like undefeated, like with the ratio. You look at it, it's like, you're stupid. What are you doing? Yeah. Shut up, Bears. It's like, oh, I mean, that must be so demoralizing for them. But I just, I don't know. It's just like, you guys just, I don't know. Just maybe take a breather. Take a break. I also wonder if like it, I, cause I really feel like they, they are on the cusp of great ideas. And then there's some, somebody telling them no. Like, so I wonder if they also are getting like, they're getting the response back from bears fans, but then they're also, you know, like, but my idea was to, (laughs) well, bears Twitter, if you are listening, um, we, well, you know, we can quote anonymous sources. So just let us know if this is, if we're sniffing down the right path here, because I want to not be annoyed. And I'm sure Maggie would like me to stop sending her tweets being like, oh my God, <laughs> shut up. Because 
it's just like clockwork. Like, we'll get into this more later, but I was watching the Cub Sox game on ESPN with Jason Benetti, Rick Sutcliffe, and David Ross. And it was just, they were really good, but there were certain points where David Ross, I was like, oh my God, dude, just shut up. And yet I did not change the channel. And I just kept texting Maggie with my faces. <laughs> because it's just like, I want you to be better. That's the thing. We don't, like... If it were up to me, every single Chicago team would win a championship and the Cubs and Sox would play, would play for the World Series. It's more fun to cover winning. So, yeah. like, it's like whenever people are like, you just enjoy hating them or whatever, it's like, no, not at all. I like – it's a lot more fun to cover winning. It's a lot more fun to cover happy teams. But yes. it, I mean, but, I like to mock people, don't get me wrong, but why? I'm not actively out there. Even my dear Scarpacks, I don't hate them. I just would like them to go away. Right. <laughs> so. Ah, all right. Delightful. Delightful. Um, so as we are recording this, it is 6.40 p.m. Central Time. So the final game of the vaunted Crosstown Cup has <laughs> not yet started. Uh, as of right now, the the Cubs are up 2 nothing against the White Sox. So the best the White Sox could do is tie. So do they cut the cup in half? No, so the Cubs are up 2-1. 2-1, right. So yeah. the best the White yeah. Sox could do would be tie for 2-2. So the, the, the rules of the Cup, which oh. I know are hallowed and very um, dear to your heart, make no sense. So before it used to be 3-3. Three and three, So and there was a little bit, again, still an even number, which doesn't make any sense. So if the series splits, which it has done a lot, the team who won the year before keeps it. So if the White Sox win tonight, they keep the they cup. keep the cup. But if the Correct. Cubs win, then the Cubs take it three one. Right, but wouldn't you go on like run differential, I, or or, or uh, like have a bunt contest or something other something. than something? You know, yeah, or dizzy bat. Like not right. Could they do? I mean, dizzy again, bat? the series just just kind of like a made up thingy. It's not, and the cup is yeah silly. So it's not like. But still, if you're going to pretend play for something, at least pretend play for something. Have a tiebreaker. A tiebreaker is yes. not that big of a deal. Or like, uh, I think what they should do is have Hawk Harrelson uh, versus Ron Coomer in a Dizzy Bat competition. Oh, better idea. Huh? Hawk Harrelson versus John Lackey. Ooh. In the parking lot. In the parking lot. Or, uh, I, I mean, maybe here. Ah, I got it. Hawk Harrelson versus John Lackey in a drinking competition. Mm. And it's only old style. Or how about Hawk Harrelson versus John Lackey and they can only say like old cowboy insults at each other. Ooh, they'll be really good at that. Like your sister's so ugly. I wouldn't shoot her with a raccoon's tail <laughs> vomit spittle. <laughs> Ugh. What the hell are you talking about? Exactly. But John Lackey would just nod and be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> what I'm saying is John Lackey's crazy. And Hawk Harrelson is crazy. And John Lackey hit four White Sox batters in the second game of the series at one point, three in a row. And Hawk Harrelson was losing his damn mind at the broadcasting booth. So much so, like, he seriously was threatening to meet him in the parking lot and beat him up. Oh, God. See, that's when I was driving back from Door County. Oh. And we were listening to the Cubs feed, and we really should have been no, listening that's to the White Sox. No, he was saying, um, 
he said, you can bet your sweet bippy that some Cubs batter is going to get hit the next inning. And that was on like hits batter number two. Yeah. And then when Lackey hit Juan Moncada in the wrist, which is, you know, a delicate place to be hit. He was like, that's enough of your BS, Lackey. And you knew he was like clenching his teeth as he was saying Lackey. So it was like, Lurker. <laughs> it was really entertaining. But seriously, like, I think they had to bolt the door shut because... I'm sure he would have ran down the field and just started and tried to really. fight him. Oh man, that would have been so fun. And then Hawk just leaned into it yesterday. They asked him like, do you regret saying those things? Cause you probably overreacted, right? Yeah. You old man. Uh, and then he said that John Lackey was full of bleep and quote, you could print that. Which All right. Which you did. <laughs> like stat. Yeah. Uh, and then that was the same game where Sparkle Princess got ejected. Yeah. It was a weird game. Um, but he said he did not use a swear word. So you want, you, I have a theory. I have a theory yeah. about what happened. I think he said something to the effect of, what the heck is wrong with you, ump? <laughs> and the ump thought he said the F word, which when you're yelling in anger and there's people yelling and everything, you may think that heck is fuck. So oh, my I, point is... <laughs> I think that the ump heard it wrong, and also the ump was embarrassed because he knew the made he made the wrong call. Lance Barksdale, I think he knew he made the wrong call, and then to so because he was embarrassed and because he thought he heard the f word, then he was like, "Well, forget it. I'm going to throw you out." And yeah, because for Chris Bryant, the f word is like fiddlesticks. I cannot like rat farts. It was funny because I <laughs> so we were listening to. Uh, Pat Hughes and Ron Coomer do you know doing the game and Rick Sutcliffe came in because he was singing the seventh inning stretch and he and like all three of them were just so befuddled by what in <laughs> God's name Chris Bryant could have said because it like really literally no joke the man doesn't swear no he doesn't really get angry he just he, like that's just not his way so I, I cannot imagine that he swore at the ump. And if he didn't swear and all he was talking about was balls and strikes, there was no good reason to throw him out of the game. No. I mean, the umps don't like it when you question their authority, yeah. especially about balls and strikes. Also, Chris Bryant could have said something like, your name is Lance Barksdale and you're not a dog umpire. What's up with that? He also could have been making an an allusion to the wire where a couple of the main characters are Barksdale's also not dogs, but that's true. But I just think that he, like, I just am really dying to know what he said. And also I really think the umpire was just super embarrassed by, by the fact that he screwed up. And so there, we're, there we are. Well, and when Joe Madden gets ejected, he just goes back to his office and starts drinking wine. Right. I'm guessing Chris Bryant uh, well, went and sat in the corner and thought about what he had done mm-hmm. and then probably went to the batting cage and then probably wrote a handwritten letter to the umpire apologizing for using such salty language. Okay, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. The clubhouse is a circle. What corner did he sit in? <laughs> All of them. All of them. Maybe, Just keep bopping. Maybe he had some lemonade. Mm-hmm. Uh, made with vitamin water so he could have the proper amount of electrolytes, of course. But 
I mean, he could do a Capri Sun, but those things are tricky. Yeah, I, I, he might struggle with doing the straw the right yeah. way. Yeah, and then he'd be like, "What the heck? Oh, I did it again!" And then, Chris. and then he, then he made himself run ten wind sprints. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, good times. This is okay. when they they need a camera in the clubhouse for right. when the one time every decade Chris Bryant gets ejected, we can yeah. see what happens. Um, while we're on the subject of Chris Bryant. There is now a contender in town coming after Sparkle Princess's Perfect Eyes mm-hmm. uh, trophy. Mm-hmm. Mr. Yohan Mr. Mankata, the sweet little young thing on the white side. <laughs> Down that, girl. That sounded kind of dirty, didn't it? Down I didn't girl. mean that. I didn't mean it to be that dirty. <laughs> but he's a little precious thing, and uh, he has the prettiest eyes in the world, mm-hmm. but so does Chris Bryant, so... We want to know from you, Harlow listeners, who has the better eyes between Yohan Mankata and Chris Bryant? What do you think? Well, I think I have to give the edge right now to Mankata only because he has been honing his craft on Instagram. It's true. I mean, his Instagram, like, I feel like he's just looking into my soul. Like, he just laser focuses I mean, his eyes are not moving anywhere, and he just selfie after selfie after selfie. Also, his hair is a lot more dreamy. Yeah, it's a little swoopy. Uh, kind he's of definitely got highlights. some highlights going. You know, he, yeah, he goes. So he goes to the stylist. He doesn't go to a yeah. barber. And as we discussed on our very grown-up text conversation last night, I think he wears lip smackers during yeah. the game because you know they look nice, but. You know, Chris Bryant is no slouch. Have you seen his new Red Bull commercial where he is fielding flaming baseballs? Yeah, that's so nutty. It's very not safe. But in that, um, I I think it was shot, it looks like maybe during spring training. So it was before Dearest Chris has a little acne, you know, during the season with the sweating and the forehead. But that was like pre-sweaty forehead acne. Yeah. And he's all pretty and his hair is done up. And like, again, he just looks right into the camera. So that's nice, too. But I think Mankata, I also think Chris is like way too humble to be like, oh, people don't want to look at my eyes. I will just look down. Whereas Mankata is like, yeah, hi, right here. Yeah, look at these eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sports! Uh, yeah, if you don't follow him on Instagram, Amanda gave me that tip a while ago, and uh, it has definitely changed my life for the better, particularly when he did the um, picture that was like his head three times. I don't, I want to know how you do that, because I think we should do that. I think we need to our do new, <laughs> like our new Harlow glamour shots. So yeah, it's somehow... I think there was like a t-shirt back in the day where there was like a wolf and then like a wolf. Right. And then a wolf. The moon. Another wolf. But it's all Juan Moncada. Right. I'd like so. to see him howling at the moon in one of the pictures next time. I'm sure he will. He, his first home run, uh, it was his seventh game with the White Sox. So that was pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All good. Uh, I, I very much enjoyed how the White Sox handled uh, <laughs> Quintana um, mm-hmm. coming back. After after the monumental trade, the trade that made my jaw drop, um, when he was traded from the from the White Sox to the Cubs, uh, and it was nice that the White Sox did like the whole like welcome back and gave him a little video tribute and and the crowd gave him a good cheer. That was just I 
I like when teams do that. I like when they're recognizing that their people are more than just, you know, yeah, little it, men to wear uniforms and run around. And it's nice when the fans realize that, too. Like, put aside, you know, you can hate him in three seconds, but, like, be nice right now, and then you can go back to not liking him because he's wearing the Cubs colors. But, um, yeah, when that trade happened, so my desk currently, I sit in the lifestyle slash entertainment section at the Tribune. I don't know. My desk got confused. Uh, and that trade, I saw it on Twitter, and I was like, what? And I literally stood up from my desk and looked around, and no one else was. <laughs> <laughs> no one else knew what I was talking about. And I was like, I have to be around someone that knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> and then I ran over to the other side of the newsroom. But it was the most weirdest thing ever because there were no murmurs about it. And then it just there happened. Was nothing. And... and then all of us. And the thing yeah. is, is, it was the trade that made sense. It's, right. You know, it was a trade that made sense forever, but there was just always this idea that the Cubs and Sox don't trade and they don't trade with each other and blah, blah, blah. And then, and like, if you talk to any grizzled sports person in Chicago and brought up that the prospect of that trade, you always heard like, but the Cubs and Sox don't trade with each other. And it's like, I don't really see both Theo and Epstein, Theo Epstein and Rick Hahn sticking to something that is dumb and hurts their teams. Yeah, bringing Quintana to Chicago to the Cubs now is good for the team. Getting more prospects for to the White Sox now is good for the team. So, well, and now Rick Hahn can't stop collecting prospects. Like he made another trade today for yeah. a prospect. He just he, he just he can't stop. They're like stuffed animals. He just wants them all. Or Pringles. Mmm, Pringles. Yeah. Speaking of food, I'm hungry. Ooh. Also. But speaking of food, that's, this is actually a, a good segue. Continue. Yeah. Um, Anthony Rizzo, that nice young man, he did an interview with Sports Illustrated's new vertical um, about food. I think it's called like SI Eats. Yeah. Um, and he talked about food. And here are the highlights, at least for me. Uh, shockingly, he likes Italian food. I find that so shocking that Anthony Rizzo yes. likes Italian food. Okay. Yeah. It was, Though it was I very... did notice he called it sauce. <laughs> he did not call it gravy. But I feel like calling it gravy is actually... Who calls it gravy? Oh, my God. Ew. Oh, you don't call... Spaghetti Pasta gravy? Sauce? Spaghetti gravy. No, you've never what? heard that. You've no. never heard spaghetti gravy. No. Okay, so no. it is generally peculiar to Italians in Chicago and Italians in... Um, like New York, New Jersey, call it gravy. But I was this doesn't sound appetizing. Well, it's what it is. It's spaghetti gravy. No, I have never. Gravy. I yes. didn't hear it called sauce until I went to college, and no. I grew up amongst many of the Italians. So he grew up in Florida. That's like a different kind of Italian. Exactly. So that's why I give him a pass for not calling it sauce. Right. For calling it sauce, but like, that's yeah, weird. like, yeah. No. Yes. No, pasta sauce. Well, you're not Italian. Pasta sauce is what you buy in a freaking jar. Your face isn't Italian. Oh, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> Anthony likes breakfast for dinner. As do you, as do I. I mean, as any person that is smart should, because it's awesome. Also, he said he eats Taco Bell once a month to keep him sane. I mean, me too. I don't know what one has to do with the other, but I mean, I approve. I approve completely. And also remember, 
Like, think about when they have a 7 o'clock game, 7.05 game, and, or what time is it? Whatever, 7 o'clock game. And they, in like, so the game gets over 10, 10.30. Then you have, you know, all of the post-game stuff, shower and all of that. Then he leaves the field and he wants a quick meal. What is right there? Pasta gravy. It's actually Taco Bell is right there across the across the street true. from Wrigley Field. So that's totally the one he goes to. Yeah. Yeah. So I I completely get that. It's right there, and it's not like there's a McDonald's. It's not like he could ever get oh. a Big Mac anywhere else in the world. R.I.P. Wrigley McDonald's. R.I.P. Wrigley McDonald's. The only place to get a Big Mac. <laughs> I must have to go back to Taco Bell because my mom won't let me eat at Chipotle anymore. Well, she doesn't want you to get, like, botulism. I know. But it's I, I like it. So maybe I'll start going there because I do enjoy their fire salsa. I enjoy fire Taco Bell gravy? more than I should. <laughs> Woman. It's spaghetti gravy. Your face is spaghetti. Okay. Also, Anthony, in an article about food, because I believe it's required by law, they asked him about pizza, namely Chicago pizza. Mm-hmm. And he like Chicago pizza. He also likes New York pizza because Anthony doesn't want to make anyone upset. <laughs> well, and the, the thing about like that that bothers me about the clichédness of that question is that I think people outside Chicago think that the only pizza we eat is deep dish. Like we'd all be dead if that yeah. was the only pizza we eat. Like I have deep dish like maybe two or three times a year. Yeah, I honestly don't like it. It's I'm, too much. I love cheese. I love bread. I love sauce. I don't, it's something together. It's just too much. Yeah, I, um, I, oh, I love it. I just, I can't do it that often. And my favorite is Pequod's. And I very much, oh, Pequod's so is so good. Um, but I, like, that's not the only kind of pizza we eat. Like, we re- eat thin crust. The New York pizza, I'm not as crazy about because it's the idea that you're eating, you have to have like a giant slice. Like that's just weird to me. However, I do very much appreciate that when you're in New York that you can get a slice and a pop for like three bucks and you can have a meal there. That's nice. Um, And I remember when I was in New York, I ordered two slices and the guy kind of gave me a like, whoa, is that too much food book? (laughs) Like, oh, you don't know me, sir. I'm hungry. I was very hungry. <laughs> it was after I had done a busy day of fencing with Tim Gunn. So obviously, obviously, yeah. The only thing they didn't ask Anthony is the dumb and very played out is a hot dog a sandwich. Yeah. So that was good. They yeah. stayed away from there. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. I so. mean, he, it was it was interesting to hear things, but he also gave a lot of non-answers of like like so what do you eat on game day? Oh, I try to keep it light. Well. For some people, keeping it light is only eating half the pizza. I don't know who those people are. Weird people. But there was one question about how he stays hydrated, and then he subtly, not at all subtly, like worked in the water that he promotes. Well, yeah. Like, like when I'm on the field, I know I always reach for a nice. But I will tell you from ex- from experience, that's how that interview came about. That's oh, absolutely. Only, you know, that that's just funny. That's uh, one of the reasons why, like, I figure out how to try to ask those questions because I get those all, I do those all the time. But, you know, he was like lollygagging, lollygagging. Oh, the question. Okay. Sparkle, Anthony, you could do it. Yeah. Well, you know what? I will say I give him credit for working it in appropriately because I will not say the athlete, 
but there was a time when I had an interview set up with a pretty big athlete um, and and I was asking it was for like a food it was for a food thing and I was asking questions about his diet about snacking about all that sort of thing that should have made it easy for him to work it in but this man is not very bright and I was getting text messages from his publicist as I was doing the interview saying, are you going to ask him about this food? And I was like, I've asked like 20 questions. <laughs> it's not my fault. You did not media train him better. Like, I, I don't know what else to do here, kids. I mean, you could just say it was Josh McCown. That's okay. No, but Josh is not dumb. Josh no, is I very know. bright. No, it's <laughs> so funny. Uh, I'll tell you offline. Sorry. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Secrets. Secrets. Um, all right, then. What else do we got going on? Not much. I don't really want to talk about any other Chicago teams. No, they're all kind of on break, and I feel like we should take a break from talking about them as well. Yeah. All right, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Suck it, Garpax, and your <laughs> billboard. I need, to, I need to go see it. I'm going over to the West Loop for brunch on Sunday, so I'm going to make sure to... Swing should, by. Should we go take a picture in front of that and make that the official Halo picture? I mean, I wouldn't be mad at it. Uh, that would be, yeah. I wonder how long it will stay up. Like, I don't know how you rent billboard space by the month, I assume. I think so. But, I think yeah. so. Maybe Garpax, like, will put one up on a rival corner and is like, Garpax is great. Give them a promotion. And then the Bears will tweet about it and Synergy. And it'll be super awkward. <laughs> Yay. Yes, yeah, so that's all I got. All right. That's pretty much all we got here. So uh, thanks for listening. We're going to try to be back next week, depending yes. on our schedule. Sorry yes. we were a little a little off, but, you know, life happens. We're very important people, not really at all, but sometimes we pretend to be. Sometimes and we get or busy. We get sleepy. Yeah. And we need waffles. Oh, pancakes. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Harlow. Bye.